years ago, John Piper wrote a book that's either titled or subtitled, Don't Waste Your Cancer. And uh, he treated that as a stewardship trust from the Lord that was for our good. And uh, since that time, and even before that, I have been thinking, how do we steward even the negative things that God brings into our lives and benefit uh, from those things? And the, the passage that I'm going to be reading from this morning is uh, Psalm 119. And I have been more and more blessed as I've read through Psalm 119 and dug into the details of this um, uh, book. Wonderful, wonderful uh, section. Psalm 119, verse 75. Very, very short. I'll just read it. I know, O Lord, that your judgments are right and that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. Father, as we meditate upon this short scripture, I pray that our hearts would be drawn to you, uh, given appreciation for even the negative things that you bring into our lives. Help us, Father, to honor you and the stewardship trust of every aspect of our lives. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. 1 Corinthians 10 through 11 indicates that many Christians do not find the blessing that God intended them to find in the Lord's table because they're not approaching God's afflictions in a proper way. Uh, he, in chapter 10, attributes plague, snake bites, and other Old Testament uh, catastrophes to violating the spirit of the sacrament through their attitudes, sinful attitudes. In chapter 11, verse 30, he says, For this reason many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. And yet verse 17 says, We can eat to the better uh, for blessing if we treat the Lord's table as we should. And so today's meditation is titled, How to Benefit from God's Afflictions. And we're talking not just disciplines, but any kind of afflictions, uh, negative afflictions God brings into our lives. But let's start with thinking about affliction. Have you ever seen a child being disciplined over and over and over again and they still don't seem to be getting it? I think all of us have seen that from time to time. And we encourage the parents, just be patient, just be persistent, and God will eventually bless. And sometimes we say, well, you ought to try some boot camp, you know, where you have repetitive uh, exercises that they're going through until they learn that. That's what God does with us many times. And there are some of us who have gone through extended seasons of boot camp. I think that the Lord is training us through. And yet David in this verse indicates we need to be very quick to learn any lessons that the Lord is giving to us so that we don't have to be disciplined so frequently. And so let me give you five key factors from this verse that need to be in place if we are to benefit from God's afflictions. The first key that he mentions, I think, is the most obvious, and that is we need to learn from our afflictions. David says, I know, O Lord, and then he goes on to say what he had learned from this affliction. So he didn't just ignore the discipline like a stoic, you know, we're going to endure and grin through this. Uh, no, he was learning, Lord, what is it? You are teaching me through this. When life gets painful, it is worthwhile asking God, Lord, would you open my eyes to see what it is that you are trying to teach me during this time of affliction? And um, the quicker we learn that lesson, the better off that we will be. 
I don't uh, ignore even such things as stubbed toes or hemorrhoids or skin issues. Not everything is a discipline, but everything comes from the hands of a loving God, and that means we can learn from them. Second key is to not have a secular perspective on most of life. Now, I dare say most Christians will testify, and I can testify to the fact that there have been days where there are many things that I did not have God in my thoughts over. And most Christians go through most of their week, I think, without really thinking how God relates to their day-to-day -day routines. They're not living quorum Deo, which is a Latin expression meaning living before the face of God. The next two words, O Lord, are the covenant name of God. O Yehovah. It's his covenant name. It speaks of trust and submission to God. When we are in covenant with God, we are relating to God in everything that we do. And really, God is doing the same with us. There is absolutely nothing in this universe that does not have cosmic personalism, God's personal touch upon our lives in it. And that includes, yes, even your hemorrhoids are designed by God to help you to relate to him covenantally. Don't think of anything as being an exception to what we're talking about here. So here's my question. When you have afflictions, do you even think of God? Do you even think, what is God teaching me? How do I relate to this in a way that honors God? Or does God have to bring the heat up considerably before uh, you realize, hey, maybe God's trying to get my attention? We must not be practical deists who see life through secular eyes. The sooner you learn to see even the positive things in your life, like food and clothing and the haircut you got last week, and relating it to God as a stewardship trust and uh, glorifying God in it, the less you actually need the, the, the negative afflictions. A God-centered perspective on life, according to Ecclesiastes, enables us to enjoy everything. And a secular view of life, according to Ecclesiastes, brings emptiness, vanity into your life. Now, after gaining a God-centered perspective, the third key is to agree with God that he's perfectly right in afflicting you. You know God wouldn't have brought it into your life if he didn't think it was right, right? So you're agreeing with God and saying, yes, Lord, I needed this, or I deserved it, or thank you for bringing it into my life because I know that you don't do anything in my life that is not for my good. Those are the next words that David utters, that your judgments are right. I know, O Lord, that your judgments are right. Now, this means we do not complain about the affliction. We tell God that he is perfectly right in having given that judgment. When we resist his discipline or we scowl at the parent while he is um, uh, disciplining us, or maybe yell at the parent when he's disciplining us, it does not go very well. Uh, God's not like some permissive parents. But when we thank God and we affirm the rightness of what he has done, there is likely to be no need for further judgment. Now, one commentator pointed out that God's judgments are not just the negative things. Even the positive things he brings into our lives are his judgment. He's, he, the commentator said it's just a reference to God ordering absolutely everything in our lives 
And he said that means that there is nothing in life that happens by chance or by luck. And if you start ascribing the bad things, the difficult things, the afflictions that God is bringing into your life and say, oh boy, I've had some really bad luck this past week, that is an offense to God. You are actually kicking against his providence. You are insulting the God who governs this universe. You're not going to benefit from your afflictions if you attribute them to bad luck. He goes on to say, and that in your faithfulness you have afflicted me. We don't just sing, great is thy faithfulness, when the money's rolling in and everything is comfortable. No, we affirm God is faithful even when we are suffering, even when, as Piper wrote that thing, we're going through cancer uh, or some other affliction. We thank God for trusting us with that affliction and say, you are faithful. And the last key to benefiting from your affliction is to personalize the affliction as having been perfectly crafted for you at this precise moment in your life. This is true even when you are a part of the suffering and the corporate national judgments that come upon a nation. There is nothing that can come against me or against you that God has not ordained which means that there is absolutely nothing that you have the right to murmur or uh, grumble over. Nothing. Uh, since all murmuring and kicking of flat tires, I remember one time a person got a flat tire and he just was kicking the flat tire with his, that's a kicking against God's providence. It's really kicking God. Now back to 1 Corinthians 10, we'll wrap this up. You will notice all five things that I've just drawn from this verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. It was murmuring, failing to be thankful, failing to say that God's judgments were right, failing to live in covenant with God that resulted in more and more and more judgments upon the wilderness generation. Now the next generation learned from what they saw in their parents and they said, we don't want to do that. They approached God's providences with cheerfulness, with thankfulness, and there were, was very little need for further afflictions. And so my prayer is that we would have the same attitude as the second generation. We would benefit from the afflictions that we have gone through and glorify the, uh, him in them. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the afflictions that you have brought into our lives. Sometimes we don't even know why you have brought those things into our lives and allowed us to suffer, and yet we acknowledge you are a good God, you are a faithful God, that uh, you love us, and that there is nothing that can happen to us that does not work together for your glory and for our good, and we thank you for that. And so, Father, as we come to the table this uh, Sunday, uh, we do so once again affirming that we know that your judgments are good. Uh, we affirm, Father, that you are faithful. In your faithfulness, you have afflicted us. And so, Father, uh, do bless this, your people, with grace to respond appropriately and to receive your blessings. This is a table of blessing. And yes, it brings judgment, but it's primarily the good news, and we're thankful for that. And so uh, set aside these common elements to a holy use, and may you be glorified in our partaking. In Jesus' name, amen.